What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. Today's episode is with a very special guest, one of the OGs of the online coaching game, Mr. Jonathan Goodman. Jonathan Goodman is a author. He is a coach. He is a business mentor educator. He is somebody that has put out so much information specifically about building an online coaching brand. Um, he's really one of the, like, I guess you can call him founding fathers of online coaching. Like he was really one of those first guys to really make it a public and a well-known career path and a well-known way of getting into the fitness industry or shifting away from being in the gym for hours and hours and hours as so many trainers and coaches do. Um, He is somebody that I've been following for a long time. He is somebody who I have purchased many educational books and courses and done things with him in the past. Um, So I'm really excited to have him on the show, not only because he is somebody that had a big influence on me before I even got into the online game, just kind of thinking what I wanted my future to look like, but He's also somebody that has a very parallel path to me. Um, as we were talking before I actually started recording, it's, it's crazy how we've gone from you know, being a trainer to building an online brand to educating others how to do it and just helping people do more of what they love the right way, the organic way, um, and actually following their passion and remembering what this is really all about. And that's what we get into today. So this is an episode specifically for coaches. This is for people who want to step into the online game, who are thinking about stepping into it, or who are already in it but want to just optimize their scenario, their situation, build their brand even bigger, and just do things the right way. Uh, before we get into the show, I just want to let you guys know that there is some You'll notice some breaks in his voice, and it's only in the very, very first part. It's like one-eighth of the episode maybe. So as we get into it, you start start to hear him kind of be choppy. Um, I apologize for that audio, but as you will notice right afterwards, we fixed the issue and got right back on, and you won't even know that we got off and on because – your boy is good like that. But bear with me. If you hear his voice cutting in and out, it's still great information, and I promise it's really only that first question that his voice did that. And then when we get into the episode, it gets really smooth, and it's perfect quality. And you are going to learn a ton from this episode. I mean, not only for coaches, but just anybody who is interested in business and just really doing things the right way. I think it's a very, very powerful and very, very informative um, episode that you guys are going to listen to right now. One quick announcement, guys, before we get into the show, make sure you take a screenshot of this episode, post it on your Instagram story, and tag me, at Cody.BoomBoom, and John Goodman, at Jonathan underscore Goodman 101, but his uh, Instagram handle will also be in the description below. This really, really is the best way to grow the show, guys. This is the best way to reach more people. This is the best way to help more people and give more free information to more people around the world. So if you can do me one huge favor, it would be simply to screenshot this episode right now, post it on social media, and if you can, tag myself and tag John Goodman in that post. All right, guys, without any further ado, let's get on to the episode with Jonathan Goodman. John Goodman, man, I am super excited to have you on the podcast. You are somebody who I have... uh, I followed for a long time, and as you were just kind of alluding to before we started recording, is you're actually it's your work is helping generation after generation. I mean, like I told you, I read your book so long ago, and I followed a similar path, and now I run an online business, have coaches working underneath me, and actually mentor others to help them open an online business. So it's like this crazy evolution of uh, trainers helping trainers. So first and foremost, man, thank you for all you have done for the industry. Thank you for all you've done in the online space. Um, and, and for those who don't know, which would be surprising, um, can you give the listeners an idea of who Jonathan Goodman is? I'll give a very quick uh, 
for having me, Cody. I appreciate that, man. And, and I, I appreciate you saying that I had in any way even a little bit to do with your success, which I might argue with you on, but, uh, but I'll take the credit if you can give it. <laughs> I, uh, I wrote a book called Ignite the Fire when I was 24 years old, um, in order, and, and that book was to educate fitness professionals. In order to promote the book, started a website called the Personal Trainer Development Center. Um, that website is a curated website of information to educate fitness professionals from business to the actual practice. Uh, that website since grown into the largest collaborative website in the world for trainers. We've got over 800 um, professionally edited articles on there. And, um, and from that, I made books. I wrote the first ever textbook for online coaches, created the first ever certification for that. So I can officially say to my mother that I wrote the textbook on something, uh, which <laughs> is insane. And, um, and I've got a young family. I'm, I'm fortunate to have traveled uh, been away for every winter for the last six years, which is nice because I'm in Canada. And just just really enjoying publishing, just just producing as much world-class content information as we possibly can and in, in kind of different ways as well, that they get consumed a little bit deeper, a little bit better. And uh, and that's that's what fires me up these days. Dude, I love it. So let's 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 take a hard turn into the online space because I know we're limited on time today. So I'd love to sit here and talk about your entire background and hear the whole story. But what was the big shift to get you thinking about the online space? Because like you said, you were not only the first person to really dial in the educational side of how to become an online coach, but you were one of the first guys actually doing it and transitioning from in-person gym training to online coaching. So what was it that helped you or made you decide to make that shift into the online space? Well, you know, it's funny, like hindsight's twenty twenty. If I were to go back and, and try to make up a reason, like like humans are not rational or irrational beings, humans are post-rationalizing beings, um, it's it's much easier for me to look at where I am now and create a nice sound um, and, and, and perfect story saying that I had a master plan all along. I didn't. I mean, I was a 23-year-old personal trainer who was kind of at the point of doing a career as, potential as, a, as a personal trainer at the time. You know, this is back in 2008, 2009. You know, I was making as much as I could charge training clients. I was earning a commission from referring my overload of clients to other trainers. And um, I was even earning a bit of a salary from hiring and training other trainers for the club that I was at. So, so I was just looking for something else to do. And I didn't know what that was. Um, you know, entrepreneurship wasn't cool yet. Entrepreneurship was, was basically unemployed. Uh, you know, no, no, no adults were proud to say that their son or daughter was an entrepreneur back in 2008. And, um, and, and I didn't know what there was. I mean, online fitness was around, but it definitely wasn't popular. When I started a blog, I didn't know what the word blog meant. So, so I, I was just searching, man. And, you know, I ended up writing a book from that book. I figured out that I needed to get a way to get people to find the book. So started a website from that. I realized that I only know so much, but there's a lot of other people who know a lot of really good stuff. So why don't I get them all to write them? Seemed like an obvious step. And, and things just kind of grew from there. Um, once we had a large audience of trainers on the website, it became my responsibility to figure out what the biggest problem was. So we did a tremendous, we did lots of, and, um, and we were able to dial back to personal trainers have since which is all trainers at one point need to figure and make a bit more and a bit less time with a bit better schedule uh, with with the problem defined online evolution and uh and so i built a model for it beta tested it with 24 people took in the results of that turned it into a course 
five years later, we've gone through multiple iterations of the course. We've trained more people to become online trainers than anybody else put together. And we've just got this tremendous amount of data of what works and what doesn't work. So when people come into this program or people come to you and want help becoming an online coach, what are some, um, not necessarily cons, but maybe some misconceptions that you see people think about online coaching? Because I feel there's a, a painted picture of somebody sipping a Mai Tai on a beach doing online coaching. And that's kind of like the dream, right? Like you can work from your laptop, but I think there's a lot more involved in it. So what are some misconceptions and some issues that you see people coming in um, have? And then how do you fix those things for them so they can become successful? Yeah, for sure. I think, I think the biggest misconception is, yeah, you can make six figures while doing nothing with your feet in the sand. I mean, not to say that that's not possible. Maybe it's possible. I think sustainably over possible like at one point you've got to build a, a brand and reputation that precedes yourself which means you've got to get real people real results over a sustained period of time which means um you've got to actually take care of people which is not possible to do if you're not working so so i think big misconception beyond that it's a matter of you know i always go back to the same thing you got to define the problem you've got you've got to figure out what your perfect business model is for you what your perfect um, what your perfect client load is for you. And there's no one way to do it. And I think that's the biggest misconception. And that's the issue that I see with a lot of coaches that come into like business coaches or how to do online training is they just simply have experience. They haven't seen enough people. They haven't worked with enough people yet to know that, that you can and you cannot do you can you can and cannot do this so many different people's ways and there really is no one best way step is which is look how much money do you need and how much time do you have to make it from there you can start back and you can say okay based off of those how many clients do i need at what price point play around with them a little bit calculate you can kind of basically juggle the numbers now you find your problem okay i need 15 clients to pay me 20 200 a month Okay, that's your job. Once you have more than that, you know, now demand is exceeding supply, which means you either hire more people, like like you've done, Cody, or you raise your prices. Um, you know, it kind of all starts from there, though. So going off of all of that, how important is it to actually build your niche? Because I, I think there's a lot of ways to develop. And like you said, I think it's important to kind of hone on hone in on your message and, and have an actual structure and plan of how you're going to do this, what your perfect business structure looks like, client load, all these different things. Mm-hmm. How important is it for somebody to find their niche? Because I think it can go two ways where people get so pigeonholed into only working with one specific individual that they forget about all the other people who need help versus somebody who is marketing to the masses and not reaching anybody. Yeah, it's, it's a very good question, Cody. And I, I kind of have a, a, a bit of a roundabout answer for it, right? My initial response is, it's pretty darn important. And the reason for that is because when you're online, you're competing against everybody. You don't have location advantage. You know, on average, people won't travel more than 20 minutes to go to the gym, which means if you're close to them, odds are you're going to get the business. It's, it's actually relatively easy to get clients in person for that reason, if you live in, a, in a, any kind of a dense population. Right. But online, you're competing with everybody, right? So, so a lot of trainers make the mistake on, you know, they promote themselves based on the 99% that makes them the same as everybody else versus the 1% that differentiates them. And that 1% is some sort of common interest that could have absolutely nothing to do with fitness. We have some of our most successful students have filled, I mean, 100 clients at a time type stuff 
um, in, in expat groups. You know, they're an expat new to Canada, new to the United States, new to the UK, whatever. And, um, and they found expat groups of people similar to them, and they simply just told their story. And now all of a sudden, like we have one person who got over 600 applications from one post in a Mexican expat group. Wow. So, so that's like, it's not a niche necessarily, right? It's, it's not just like, oh, I, I do fat loss for busy moms. It's like, yeah, good job, bro. Everybody does that. Like, <laughs> you know, you're, you're, not, you're not standing out to anybody by doing that. You're saying, hey, what's the 1% that makes me different? What's the uncommon commonality that I might have with certain people? Now, to, to extend upon that, to, so, so first of all, you figure out what that is. Um, and then you find communities that already exist for that. But the advantage that fitness professionals have is that every single community everywhere for anything always needs a health and fitness expert. So what are the publications that already exist for guitar players? Well, I can bet you that they're going to need some sort of fitness and health expert who's going to talk about how guitar players can look better in t-shirts on stage and take better care of their wrists and elbows and shoulders, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, it's, it's not that hard to dip into it when you kind of look into your history and look at the 1% that makes you different. Now, extending off of that, Cody, you should, I, I think that the most important thing these days is to go really deep into an audience until you start to burst at the seams. And, and if, you, if you do niche down into, into an audience the way that I'm proposing here, yeah, if somebody comes to you that doesn't fit your mold and you still think you can take care of them, absolutely take care of them. And, and it will get to the point where if you do a good enough job with enough people, well, then you're going to kind of be boasting at the seams and there's going to be a lot of referrals and recommendations coming in as long as you've got a good system in place to, to acquire those. And it's going to be everybody from anywhere because now you've just become a trusted source and your reputation precedes you. But, but until that happens, you've got to kind of take whatever advantage you can, which is what makes you uncommonly common with a relatively small amount of people. People, person, population, population. We'll go with population. <laughs> I think I think that's great because I think a lot of people, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because you obviously work with a lot more people on the business end than I do, um, might try to niche themselves inside fitness too much instead of niching themselves in all the other shit that they do in their lives, whether it's like you said, guitar playing or skateboarding or soccer or um, just being who they are that has nothing to do with fitness at all. Is that kind of what you're getting to? Yeah, like, like I can think of one of our students, Tim, who um, runs a Facebook group called Ripped Gamers. Like he, he, he's a video gamer. I mean, that's just what he loves, but he also loves fitness. So he created a, a Facebook group. He created his own platform. It's a blog. It's a content source for gamers who want to be ripped. Like that's and, – and I'm, I mean I joined his group because I wanted to kind of – we follow our students because um, we want to see how people are using or not using our materials. It's one of the ways that we've – iterated on over the years to, to continue to make it better. We don't just ask people how they're using it. We actually watch them because if we ask people, they usually won't tell us the truth. Right. So, so, so I joined that group and I mean, watching what this guy is doing, like he's posting about fitness, like once every 30 posts, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's such a secondary thing. It's kind of like, Hey, let's meet these people where they are, what they're interested in, what I'm interested in, speak their language. And then, um, when they want to get in shape, when they have a, a competition, a video game competition, and they want to have big arms because they want to show off to all the other gamers, you know, I'm the person that they're going to call, which is actually a, a pretty common thing. Like gaming is becoming, esports e is becoming like one of the biggest sports in the world these days. It's really wild that people are paying more attention to it. 
that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, that is it is wild. I've been watching it because my brother's into that stuff. But um, it's nuts, right? the amount of money in it, dude. It yeah, is it's insane, especially because some parents would try to push their kids away from playing video games all day and now there's millionaires who are playing video games for a living the biggest issue of it though is that um the average i I know this because a friend a different friend of mine formed a business with it out of it um the average length of time that people stay as gamers even the top ones is less than five years because their wrists and fingers and elbows give out so quick and they're in so much chronic pain Oh wow! So, so it's it's actually really interesting. Like you can actually go to teams that have tons of money and sponsorships, and 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 pitch them. There's a big opportunity in this right now, and and pitch these teams and say, hey, if we can get your star athletes to compete for five years longer, that's worth an extra how many millions of dollars to your team. Uh, you need to hire me as a coach. That's insane. It's cra- it's crazy how things can open up. So, so bringing yeah. it back back to that's the a whole top- other conversation, but yeah. It's a- good like segue of like how to differentiate yourself and like see opportunities where others don't right 100% agree and and so what I would be curious with that and really just with any niche in general and kind of just content production on average how long does it take for somebody to actually uh whether it's enough trust or just enough buy-in to finally take action on hiring you as a coach how long of consistent content does it take because I read somewhere from an email marketer that it takes three to six months of people reading your daily newsletters, for example, to actually finally take action. And I don't know how accurate that is, but I do believe that. I would seriously question uh, the efficacy of that. I'd I'd like to see how he came to that result because um, there's absolutely no way that that's accurate and should have anybody pay attention to. So, so let's, let's go off that then. So what would be more accurate and what is your recommendations for um, consistent content? Because I do believe that it does take some time. Like you're not going to post something great on Instagram and immediately get hired by a bunch of people. And I think organic content is very important for a functional business. So what is your positioning on that? And how do you feel about organic content and how long it takes and how much effort you should put into something before you switch tactics? I love you, Cody, because I've done about what? 20 podcasts in the last two, two and a half weeks. And you're the first person to ask me about this. Really? That's surprising. Fantastic question. Uh, We, I I actually hit on this in the online trainer Academy. This is a big part of the marketing in the online trainer Academy for no other reason than I think it's very important to understand that there are three very distinct types of of prospects, three very distinct types of leads. And your business should take into account marketing systems to appeal to all three. Um, for, for simplicity's sake, we'll call them fast, medium, and slow lane clients. There, it, and it comes down to state of awareness. Like There are people who exist out there right now that you're connected to that know they have a problem, the problem is strong enough, the pain is strong enough that they're willing to pay for a solution, and they just need something to kick them in the butt right now, and they're going to take action on it right away. Um, we'll call these the fast lane clients. There, there's also a type of personality of people that are just going to buy right away. Right. So the fast lane clients. That's the, the stats that I've seen, and you can never really rely on these stats, but the stats that I've seen have been about, say that this is about 3 to 5% of the population. So, so about 3 to 5% of people using those, you can, you can disregard the stat itself, but a relatively small percentage of the population is ready to act now. Um, they're the low-hanging fruit, right? They're the people where if you craft a message the right way, and this comes down to making a compelling offer, in order to make a compelling offer, you need a specific leader. You need to make an offer that's specific and meaningful to that person specifically, and you need to give them some sort of urgency or reason to act now. So, so as you're crafting your offer, if you craft an offer properly with those main things, there's actually seven pieces to a compelling offer, but, but those are the key ones. 
you craft an offer appropriately to those with those things in mind, you will push that those fast lane clients off of the fence. This is why, I mean, in, in module one, right away near the end of it, I'm like, if you need clients right now, fill in the blanks, post the script on your Facebook, on your Instagram, on whatever social networks you have, you will get a few clients. Um, because there are just people out there that are just ready to act if you just give them the right reason to. Now, that's not a long-term solution, but it's a way to get a few people. Then there's the medium, there's, then there's the medium lane clients who are people who you know, know that they have a pain, know that they want a solution, but they don't quite trust you yet, or the pain isn't big enough for them to take action yet, but they're going to take action pretty soon. So those are the people who, yeah, if you speak to them with the right kind of content, you know, those are the people who are going to like opt in for a lead magnet. They might sign up for your free course. They might follow you for a little while, watch your Instagram stories, whatever you're doing. Um, and then maybe like the fourth or fifth or sixth or seventh pitch, they'll respond and be like, hey, I've been watching you for a while. You know, I'm interested in, in learning more. Then there's the slow lane clients who are the people who, you know, watch you for two years and then they're like, okay, let me buy your $7 ebook. <laughs> And, and the reality of it is they're all important. I mean, the slow lane clients, like I have people, man, I have people who bought a book, or not even, not even that. I'll take it one. I have people who got one of my books from the library six years ago, never bought anything. I mean, I checked, like never bought anything from me since have been fought, have never commented, have never interacted once on any social network. And then, and then turned around and bought a certification course. For, you know, that's a, that's a $1,500 world. It's, it's now 2000, when I bought it, it was $1,500 purchase. And, and that's, that is slow lane, right? And so that's, those are the people who, yeah, you don't necessarily need to pitch and pitch and pitch and pitch, and pitch, like, like when they're ready, they're going to do it. Um, they're all important because the slow lane client, that's your base. The yeah. medium lane are the people who you create the content for, where you, you basically make a call to action each time. And the fast line client is, is just a good reminder to ask pretty often. Like, like every few weeks, even, maybe even more than that, you should put out a compelling offer on all of your social networks and probably in your email that basically says, buy now. I love so it. You, have to take, you just have to take all those three things into effect. I think that's perfect. And especially if you just know how to balance those out between whatever you're doing in your marketing or your social networks and stuff like that, which brings me to the exact next question I wanted to kind of ask you about is what do you recommend or favor when it comes to social media? There's so many things out there now, like with all this information you just gave us and these different people who are watching us potentially mm -hmm. waiting to buy now or in three years, right. how do you, how do you suggest people go about social media? Do they attack all the platforms? Do they pick their top three, pick what they're most comfortable with? Um, and then like, what's, on a trend because I see a lot of you know audio and video is exploding and everybody's recommending that so much but then there's still a lot of very successful people in this industry who blog on a very weekly basis um, and it, I started as a blogger so I'm biased to that and I love blogging but what is your opinion with all this and how to like kind of quiet down the noise and actually be successful with it yeah I mean whenever to, to any of your listeners to anybody who's listening whenever you're, you're getting advice from somebody in the internet recognize where the bias comes from I'm a writer um, I'm a blogger. I run a publishing company. We put out an analog print newsletter, which we mail to people's houses, and I make books. So I don't do any audio. I, my, I basically don't have a YouTube channel. I've never done podcasts, and I decide to show up on podcasts about once every six months and do a batch of them at once and then don't do them anymore. 
So I, I don't say this to say that any of those things are bad. What I'm doing, what I, the reason why I say this is you got to figure out what you're good at, what you like doing, and you double down on that and you do it really, really well and you get great at it because there is ample opportunity for everything as long as you don't try to do everything. And when it comes to social media, especially, it's very important not to confuse the tide for the wave. There are always going to be waves. Instagram right now is a wave. Instagram is the best place to get clients right now. There's no question. Six months from now, Instagram's reach is going to be basically obsolete. So, so what are you going to do? You're going to jump to the next thing, or you're going to, you know, Instagram's going to come out with the new live feature, or Facebook's going to come out with the new live feature, and then everybody's going to jump to that. Those are the waves. You know, the, the tide is very different. The tide you don't see, but the tide is what shapes the shore. And so it's very, very important to recognize that people are aligning themselves in communities based off of what they like and they don't like more and more and more. It's very important to recognize that it's getting to be harder to speak to people, harder to access people, even if they've opted that they want to listen to you. Organic reach is going down, paid ad, paid ad spend is going up exponentially, email deliverability is going down. I mean, it's just hard to get access to people. So, so I'm a firm believer, and, and I kind of always thought this way. I mean, offline word of mouth is always going to trump anything you do online. And if you build a business where you depend on a notification to alert a customer that anything is ready, you've already lost. Like, like you look at that as a bonus. You need to create real change in real people's lives. You need to get real things in real people's hands. And, and in order to do, and, and in doing that, you create word of mouth so that people know that when they have a problem, you're the person to solve it. And it's everybody else is kind of irrelevant. I mean, we're getting into an age where the percentage of consumers that actually respond to an ad are so much lower than the percentage of consumers who will ever buy anything that the importance of spending money on ads is diminishing and the importance of creating just a tremendous reputation and brand and word of mouth and, and that precedes you is exponentially growing. I love that answer, man. I think that's so refreshing to hear somebody who teaches online coaches how to coach just say it with like the answer is integrity in, in, in other words. So I love that, man. It's integrity and, and like actually doing stuff. And, and not only that, Cody, like, like getting good. Like getting good. I, I, I seriously worry. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that keeps me up at night, which is really weird. But, <laughs> but I seriously worry that there are going to be a ton of people who are going to wake up five years from now and look around and say, what the fuck was I doing the last five years? Because they're going to realize that they actually didn't produce anything of meaning, of substance, and that they never got good at anything. All that you got good at was writing pithy social media posts and creating silly little videos. It's and if blunt. you do that, you will constantly be forced to reinvent yourself, which means you're going to fail, which means yeah. you never build anything for you. It's so true, man. And for so many people listening to this, and for both of us included – it always comes back to just never forgetting why you started doing it in the first place. And if you didn't start doing it for good reason to help people and to help people get better and get better yourself, then why are you doing it in the first place? Yeah. So going off of what you just kind of broke down for us with social media, something I want to talk to you about that I think a lot of people have a misconception on is 
followers equal dollars. Like there's a lot of people that glamorize these people who have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of followers and just assume that means success. So I'm curious on just like your opinion on that. Um, and for those people who maybe don't have 50,000 followers, like some of the Instagram celebrities, like giving them some hope of like, you can still have a successful business, you can still change people's lives, and you can still create leads from the followings you do have, um, without being a quote unquote, Instagram celebrity. Yeah, I think I think what's also very interesting, especially for coaches, I mean, it's very different if you're selling books, if or if you're in a business where you need huge numbers. Right. But for coaches where you make a large amount of money from a single person, you know, even at even at a relatively low coaching rate, like even 50 bucks a month, which is way too low and you should never charge that low. But but even if you are, you know, you keep somebody for six months, that's a three hundred dollar long term lifetime value for that customer. Like you don't need that many customers. And and I think the misconception here is that is is to not realize that what you've been building in terms of your social network up until now is by far your most valuable marketing asset. Um, your success is more dependent on the amount of loose ties that you have than any other source. And and you've been building up your loose ties. You've been building up a network of people that are connected with you somehow, people that knew you or that know somebody who knows you for a long time. And so the first step is to actually learn how to connect deeper with people who are already connected with you. I mean, in, in the Online Trainer Academy, like much of our marketing is centered around saying, hey, remember that girl that you went on a date with once in university and never spoke to again, but are still connected to on Facebook? And she just posted a video of her singing a song in a band. Like you should go and send her a message and say, hey, that song's really awesome. How are things? Like that is literally all that I teach in marketing is to take any kind of an interest in other people that you have a loose connection to. Because when you do that, A, the algorithm will then show them more of your stuff, which at that time, you know, you're posting fitness tips, you're posting transformations and stuff like that. But, but when you do that, when you take an interest in other people, they take an interest in you. And then, and then who knows? I mean, success is, is nothing but getting lucky. And, and if we want to increase our chances of being successful, of catching a lucky break, what we need to do is increase the number of opportunities that we have of catching a lucky break. Maybe that girl is going to be at a dinner next week with a family friend who complains that they have low back pain and they're looking for a trainer, but oh, well, was me. I don't know anybody who lives nearby and I had this bad experience with this person. Oh, it's so bad. And the girl's like, oh, wait, I know somebody. I went to school with them. And now you're getting a recommendation. Now you're getting a direct referral that's trusted. Like that's basically it. I mean, if you get nothing else from it, every single day you should message five people and tell them that they're awesome because they are and take an interest in what they're doing because they deeply care about what they're doing. Every time you go into a small business, do you ever stop to think that you're in somebody else's dream? Every time that you see somebody who, you know, post something on Facebook that they're doing, or that's a hobby. Do you not realize that that's probably what they care about at that point in their life, just about as much as anything else. Can you think of any other way to make a more powerful impact in somebody's life other than to comment and support them in that thing? Like that's basically it. 
So when you get down to like numbers of followers who have no idea who you are because you 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 show half naked pictures or you're putting up pithy social media posts or you're you're writing very intense one sided arguments on on you know and making unsubstantiated claims because you know it's going to cause controversy so that it gets comments so that the algorithm favors you so that you get shown to more people with all of your hashtags like like what do you think is going to get you more customers who are willing to pay man that is a powerful perspective to look at things and i think it's just going to teach so many people because it's it's not talked about enough um and that's why and obviously that's why your guys's coaching program is so so valuable to people listening to this or to anybody who wants to get into the industry, which is exactly kind of before we, cause I know we're running short on time, but I, I got to ask this because I know I have been asked this countless times on this show for people who are still in the gym and they want to transition to an online business and they're either scared to make the leap or they just don't know how to get their foot in the door. Like what are the top three to five recommendations you have for like, you need to start doing these things in order to move into the online space. And obviously patience is probably one of them, but if you can give a a quick outline, that would be great for the listeners. Yeah, I'll give you one. I don't need to give you three to five. Um, You need to define what the problem is. Any, any, any problem that you ever have, the first step is to define it. We get so wrapped up in distribution channels. We get so wrapped up in software that we forget to actually figure out what the problem is that we're solving. The problem is, I'm in the gym. I'm working too many hours. I'm freaking exhausted. The days are long. I love working in the gym. I love working with some clients. I don't want to stop doing that, but I need to make a bit more money and I need to have a bit more freedom and I need to, to be able to impact a bit more people with a bit better schedule. Like, like, okay, how do I get from A to B or from A to B to C? Well, what you first do is you define the problem, which, which I call the freedom number, which was passed down to me by a mentor who's actually a client of mine way back when. He's the chief of psychiatry at, at a major hospital. He was my client, a big mentor. And that in order to define it, what you have to do is you've got to figure out how much money you need to make each month to make sure that you and your loved ones are looked after. Basically, we're talking rent, food, if you have any hobbies or anything that you can't live without, um, any loans, obviously, like that, any debt, any if you're taking care of any loved ones, like whatever that number is for you. That could be, you know, when I was a, a single guy with no debt living, you know, in Toronto, that number for me was 2600 bucks. Now I have a son, you know, I've got more expenses, like it's quite a bit more. It's, it's, you know, six, six and a half thousand. And so whatever that number is for you, you got to define it. Once you've defined that number, then you say, okay, um, how many hours do I want to be working in the gym? Uh, How much am I making per hour? Well, then you can do some very quick math and you can say, okay, well, based, if if I need to make this amount of money, um, I'm already making that amount of money and, and I have, I'm actually making more than that amount of money or I'm not yet making that amount of money, right? Whatever the situation is, you say, well, I need to be making this amount of money in order to know, in order to be able to to go against the fear of of the unknown, because that's really what fear is. Fear is simply an irrational response to the unknown. So if you make the unknown known, then you don't have fear of taking action, and you can actually take action. So so you know that that's the amount of money that you need each month. Um, do that quick math and say, okay, am I making that amount yet? Am I not making that amount yet? If you're making that amount yet now, then what you do is you start to trim down your schedule strategically so that you open up more blocks of free time to commit to actually learning how to do this online thing. And if you're not yet making enough, then you say, my only job right now is to get to the point where I'm making this number. That's all. I can ignore everything else because everything else is a mere distraction. All that matters is that I get to this number. Because once I get to this number, then I know that I can take action on the next step. But it's the number that comes first. 
I love it, dude. That is such a smart way to approach this. I think that's great information, and that's a perfect way to finish this and wrap this podcast up. Before we do let you go, um, where, like, what's going on in the uh, Personal Training Development Center right now? What is upcoming, and where can everybody find you? I mean, you can find me, yeah, if you search Personal Trainer Development Center, you'll find me, onlinetrainer.com. I spent way too much money on that domain, so please use it. <laughs> and, uh, and, and the Online Trainer Academy, if you're interested in online training, if you've had a couple years' experience as a trainer and are looking for that next step, um, that's, that's become the gold standard business education and the first certification in it. So um, check me out on any of those places. Dude, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. You got it. Thanks, Cody. All right, guys, that is a wrap. I hope you enjoyed the show today. A couple quick announcements before I let you go. First and foremost, I just want to encourage you to check out the products I have in the description. First one is the Nutrition Hierarchy. This is a very cheap guide to literally mastering your diet. That's why it's called the All-Inclusive Guide to Mastering Your Diet. It's going to teach you exactly what and how to manage your calories, your macros, your meal timing, your supplements, your micronutrients, literally everything you need to know about dieting and nutrition and how to change your body composition through nutrition is included in this book, not just to get your results, but to actually teach you how to get those results along the way. The next thing is going to be Functional Muscle, which is my first and right now my biggest product out there. This is the program that is based on years and years and years of functional training with tons of clients. So whether your goal is strength, fat loss, or muscle gain, you should be strength training towards these goals while prioritizing functional movement patterns to make sure that you are avoiding any injuries along the way. That's exactly what this program does, and it's great because it guides you through the process, it changes throughout the process, and it gives you demonstrations and explanations about everything you're doing so you never get confused and you always have a solution. You also get access into the Boom Boom Performance Podcast Forum. That is the only way into the forum, and that's where you can ask me literally anything about anything, and I will help guide you through the process. Last thing I want to mention, guys, is if you could leave me a five-star rating and review, that would be fantastic because it literally is one of the biggest and best ways for me to grow in the iTunes chart. Oh, yeah, and real quick, if you're not subscribed, hit the damn subscribe button because I constantly bust out content for you guys, and I spend a lot of time and effort making sure that you guys can get better results for free by simply listening to this podcast. All right, guys, I'll catch you next time.